Welcome to Hacking Your Leadership. I'm Chris. And I'm Lorenzo. And Lorenzo, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. A lot to be thankful for. I, I have a ton to be thankful for this year. Family, health, you know, lots of good stuff out there. Absolutely. I want to kick this off by saying that, you know, we've done this every year uh, since the beginning of Hacking Your Leadership, and, um, and this year is going to be no different. We, we know that this is a stressful time of year. We know that it's a time of year when people have a lot less time on their hands. And so we're going to ask a lot less time of our listeners in terms of the amount of content that we put out. Um, these, uh, these next 10 episodes on Mondays and Thursdays between now and basically the, the first of the year um, are going to be shorter episodes. Um, and they're going to focus on one specific element relating to an article that we found the online that um, references what makes leaders successful. And I really like this article a lot. And the reason why it kind of resonated with me is because, you know, there's always lists out there about what makes a good leader, right? What, what, what are the qualities of a good leader? And you ask 20 people what, what makes a good leader and you'll get 20 different answers. And there might be some overlap, but you're going to get 20 different answers. The reason I like this article is that it's about what makes a leader successful, which is a more objective uh, criteria. You know, a, a successful leader is a person who develops their people, who gets them promoted, who helps them accomplish their goals, who accomplishes whatever the business objectives are of their organization at the same time that they do all these things. And so a successful leader isn't um, hypothetical. It is, uh, it's, it's rooted in, in actual data. Uh, and so we're going to go through each of these 10 qualities of successful leaders uh, on each episode, Thursdays and Mondays, from now till um, the end of 2022. Um, the first episode, today's episode, we're going to be talking about an element of successful leadership. Um, successful leaders are self-aware. And I, this, if this was all this was about was just being self-aware, I think this is a prerequisite for being a successful leader is having um, some self-awareness. What do you think about this? Yeah, I agree. And I think I know we're coming off of, uh, you know, some content similar talking about self-awareness. I think it's just a really, really big topic right now. Um, and I completely agree. Like it is a foundational element of successful leaders. You have to know who you are. You have to know what the, what are your natural strengths. You have to know what are the things that, while they might not be opportunities for weaknesses, they're things that you need uh, around you or a part of your team to help work through certain things that you do as a leader. Um, but you have to be really, really aware of, um, you know, not only how you show up for your people, but how do you show up for yourself? And and where are you at in kind of the spectrum of the leader that you are today and the aspirational leader that you want to be? So I'm I'm really, really, uh, you know, I talk about it a lot. Um, and, and I probably on my own kind of self-awareness probably need to spend more time in my own head, thinking about my own leadership uh, and, and making sure that I'm continuing to sharpen that. I, I think I do a good job. And I think that um, a lot of the behaviors that I've built over time have, you know, kind of pushed me in a direction of constantly checking in with those that I lead um, and say, how, how am I doing? What do you see here? What else can I bring? How does it feel? Like, are you getting what you need? Like, I think I, I do a good amount of that. And by building relationships uh, with my leaders uh, where they know that that's a genuine thing and it's not just asking for the sake of asking, um, but but making sure that I'm showing up that way. Um, I feel I feel confident that I, that I am self-aware, but it's one of those things where, you know, you should always be checking yourself on that. I agree. I, I think self-awareness is um, just a little bit of a misnomer because it implies that it is something that you do within your own head and that you have complete control over it all on your own. And I would venture to say that for the vast majority of people, it is impossible 
to be self-aware without the help of other people. It's impossible to be self-aware without checking in with other people to make sure that you are self-aware. Uh, I, I heard once a long time ago, don't believe your press clippings, whether they're good or they're bad, because the people who write them don't necessarily have a vested interest in the long term of you. It's just whatever the moment is. And I, I try to remember that uh, whenever I go forward, not to if somebody if somebody is saying things that are really positive about me. I try not to you know, let it go to my head and think, oh, I've arrived. And if someone's saying something really negative about me, I try not to let it get to me and think, oh my gosh, and start questioning everything about myself. And I, there's no way I can do that without having a team of people that I can rely on. And I'm not just talking about at work. I'm talking about my personal life too, my, my you know, siblings and my, sp my spouse and my friends and the, uh, all of these things that these people in my life, I, I have to rely on in order to be self-aware. Um, and, and when I say rely on them, means I, I have to rely on my ability to ask what they think of something, but that they will speak up even when not asked to tell me something about myself that I need to change or do differently or that I may, be, may not be aware of. Where my role comes in is to not just dismiss what they are saying in the moment because maybe I'm not ready to hear it or not able to hear it at the moment because of whatever's going on. I have to kind of like get out of my own head and allow that to come through and think, okay, if, if a person is sharing this with me, they're sharing it with me because they're trying to help me, not because they're trying to help themselves. And if those are the people you have surrounding you are people who are genuinely committed to helping you succeed by telling you some things that you need to hear, even when you may not be ready or able to hear it, that's a very, very good thing. Uh, if you don't have those people around you, you need to get them because uh, without them, you will start to believe your press clippings, both positive and negative, and, and you will uh, lack all semblance of self-awareness. Yep. So with that being said, here's what I want to ask you. I want you to think about one of those specific times, one of those times where it may have hit you in the face like a brick of like, man, okay, I've got to, now that I'm aware of this, I need to do something differently. So I want you to think about that, Chris, and I'm going to ask you when we get back after a few words from our sponsors. Okay, so self-awareness. So Chris, I'd like to know specifically, when was one of those times or what was one of those things where you, you immediately became self-aware of something, whether you found it yourself or somebody brought it up and you take time to reflect on it, where you knew I have to change my approach or my behaviors uh, to be in a better place? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I can say that the, the one that jumps to mind first is when I was told that the golden rule of treat people the way you want to be treated was replaced with the platinum rule, which is treat people the way they want to be treated. And um, I, I will tell you that that hit me like a ton of bricks because I felt up until that time that I really, really tried hard to treat people the way that I wanted to be treated. And there were some people that I was leading at the time where that wasn't going very well. And, and I couldn't figure out why I, I, when I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm treating these people the way I want my leaders to treat me. Why are, why are they not responding to this? Why are, why is our relationship deteriorating? Why are they not, you know, being productive when they're at work? Why is, do I feel like there's this kind of like cold mist between us every time that we're in the same room together? And it's because they did not want to be treated the same way that I wanted to be treated by my leader. That there, there's no right or wrong way to want to be treated by your leader. There's just the way you want to be treated. And, and if my leader was treating me in the way that I want to be treated, that's great. And I'll hold them accountable or I'll tell them if, if they're not. But the way I was treating these people was in that way. And because it's the easy way, I know it, I know what I like for myself. And I was treating them that way because that's an easy way to treat people is the way you want to be treated. 
it takes effort and work to treat people the way they want to be treated because you have to find out what that is. You have to sit down with them and find out what it is and you have to remember what it is and you have to strive at doing things that you don't necessarily, that don't necessarily come easy to you. And so, yes, that is the, 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 the first time I can remember having something kind of hit me with a ton of bricks as saying that I, I am not self-aware about what it means to lead this team of people or these, these particular people. And I need to change up what I'm doing. I can't, I can't just rely on, well, this is the way I've always done it. And this is the right way. No, the right way would have worked whatever that is. If it doesn't work by definition, it's the wrong way. And, um, and that was a, a huge moment of self-awareness for me. And, um, it's something I've tried to keep with me, uh, you know, in my, in the years since as a leader. No, it's a great example. And as you were kind of explaining it, you know, I'll be, you know, transparent as well. I think for me, it was, um, early on, not understanding that empathy and element of empathy is accountability too. Um, that was something that I had to learn on. I just thought that empathy was like, hey, I understand it. I get it. No big deal. Let's celebrate the small wins. Like like from a leadership standpoint of just being like empathetic to somebody who's trying, um, but still not maybe performing to expectation. And that's minimum expectation. And sure. I just thought that like, as long as you treat them well, and as long as you understand and you, you know, quote unquote, walk a mile in their shoes type of thing. Um, I didn't realize that there's an element of accountability, which is, you know, sometimes people need a little bit of a pull. Sometimes they need a little bit of a push. Sometimes they need a little bit of a pause. Um, and there, there are ways in which you can be very empathetic, but also helping somebody to work through something requires, you know, you to be maybe a little bit more proactive and maybe a little bit more clear and maybe a little bit more involved in that when it comes to things, um, you know, uh, being done at work. And I think in life in general, we think of the people that are around us that show us a lot of empathy. They also hold us accountable. They also, you know, say, hey, like, let, let's let's move forward or enough of that or you should know better. Like, you get some of those types of things. And I think that I was early on in my career, I was scared to be that person. And I only wanted to just like, let me just be empathetic. And I think if I do that, eventually they'll start to perform to their own expectation. And then what I realized as a leader is that I also had this, you know, responsibility um, to be empathetic in the moment, but also help people work through those things. And that was something that for me, I realized when my team was, I was really enjoying working with my team and they really enjoyed me as a leader, but we were not performing like we should be. Um, and I had to, I had to own that and, and spend some time in my own self-awareness of how am I showing up? What am I doing? Am I not only clear with my message, but am I holding them to the commitments that they make? Uh, and that really turned my career around. Yeah. Em empathy and accountability are not opposites. They're not like things that you have to try to balance. They, they, they are part of the same thing. Uh, you know, people who are really empathetic towards you leaders, but who don't hold you accountable, you, there's no way to, to maintain respect for those people in, in the long term. You will end up losing respect for them as a leader because they don't hold you accountable. And even if you don't want to admit it, even if you want to say, I want, I don't want to be held accountable because it doesn't feel good in the moment. There is no way you can respect a leader in the long term who doesn't hold you accountable. And so yeah, empathy without accountability is actually less effective empathy. Um, they are not, they don't push against each other. So yeah, that's a, that's a great example also. Absolutely. And with that, it brings us to the end of this holiday hack. This is Hacking Leadership. I'm Lorenzo. And I'm Chris. And have a great day.